Hello and welcome to Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is your host, Brett. Matt is surfing subterranean right now. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of a Turtles-related excuse. No, that just sounds like a bad euphemism. Uh, with, with me today is producer Ben. Hello. Who you've heard on this show in a number of episodes. Uh, notably our Star Trek X-Men crossover. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> did I need to affirm that? You needed to drop an anecdote about recording. <laughs> this is, um, uh, kismet? Is that the right word? I don't know. Do you not know what that word means? I can, I can look it up. Yeah, uh, well, basically, you're in the midst of reading a book about Ninja Turtles. I finished it. It's a short, finished bo- it. short book. Uh, and I am also simultaneously on a kick of trying to rediscover the comic books that I read as a kid before I got into X-Men. There was one year where I collected comic books before I discovered X-Men. So I've been rereading all my G.I. Joe comics from 1991-1992. And I've I, today I read the first two issues of Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh. Uh, and then uh, the other one was I, I own some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books. Was Captain... I think I, I forgot that Captain Planet was like a full length show. Because I was. What did you like, think it was? Just like commercials? I mean, it basically is commercials well, for the like, Earth. Or like yeah, like commercial. <laughs> not, obviously not commercials, commercials, but like commercial length PSAs. Yeah. But like yeah, I guess they were. I can't remember like a plot or what any of the kids. No, yeah, there was a whole thing there. No, it's it's it's, it's an entire world that I'm actually surprised there isn't a shitty movie in the works for Captain Planet because there totally should be. Like it's gonna. There's going to be a resurgence at some point. I don't know. Is there the political will? Oh, I think it's even more relevant now than ever. It would actually probably be a lot harder to get that movie made. Well, that's the thing, right? Like uh... A lot of global warming deniers. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, how dare be... you? Uh... You have to be an anti, anti-global warming. So, actually, so Ellen and I actually got into it. Like, maybe I shouldn't be saying. Uh, we got into like a sort of, not argument argument, but like, because I pointed out that there was a like... Uh, for two pages of the of what we're reading today, they bothered to like have a little warning about uh, greenhouse effects. Oh yeah, that's true. They, just, <laughs> they worked it in, like <laughs> like and uh, oh, no, boy. I, yeah. Uh, so today we decided to read um, the comic that I bought when I was a kid was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, um, which was published by Archie Comics. Uh, so we decided to read volume two. If you go on Comicsology. This is where the lineage of this stuff gets confusing. You go on Comixology, you can buy Volume 2 of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures collection, mm-hmm. which collects issues 5 through 8. Mm-hmm. This was put out by IDW Publishing, who is the company that currently has the rights to two Ninja Turtles, but this was originally published by Archie Comics. So, How is that confusing? So what is, like, you... When I think Ben, I think Star Trek, but... Over the last couple years, mm-hmm. this turtle thing has happened. Yeah. Probably even since we started the podcast, maybe, late 2011? Well, I, okay, so I am, uh, you know, I was totally... Radical? Tar- target audience. You're well, totally radical. I aspired to be radical. <laughs> but I was totally target audience when the yeah. original cartoon came out. Like, I was I was seven in 1987. Like, yeah, ditto. It was like... I was no, three, were, but... You were three, <laughs> There's a little bit of difference. But I, I was I was nine when the movie came out. No, I was five when the movie came out. I can't do simple math. Yeah. <laughs> you were nine, I was five, yeah. but still, I was also in the throes of Turtle Mania. I saw that movie in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. so we're both... We're, we're both, both target audience. Child of the... So, yeah, so the point... I definitely was totally into that. 
like had the had the Nintendo game um, one or two, the super hard one or the arcade one or both. The super hard, so the one that you can't. I know you can't. Really I know I've played both. When I went home, I went home last year actually, and my mom. I thought my dad had sold the Nintendo in like a yard sale years ago, and so I went home and my parents were cleaning out part of the house. And my mom was like, "Hey, like, do you want to go through this box?" And then there was like the Nintendo and Super Nintendo and a big stack of games. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I, just, I was I was useless for like." Four hours, I just, like, unplugged and was going through them. So in that box, we had the original Turtles game, the really hard one. It's, and it's not like, the arcade. Yeah, and it has the map in between levels where it's the over the overhead shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your, yeah, that one. Um, I could always get to the underwater mission where you have to, like, go and defuse all the bombs to, like, keep from a dam from blowing up, as the Turtles often did in their show. Yeah, that sounds like it. That sounds that, uh, I, don't, I don't remember too much. My, my whole MO with video games was I often was, like, my brother would be playing them while I was like watching. Okay. Um. But yeah. No. But the arcade. But I remember both. I remember the arcade game in arcades and how it was like. Yeah, that was so cool. much better. Yeah, it was a cool game. Um. Also, at the time where you had to go to arcades for like really cool yeah. graphics. Yeah. Which you now it's like what's the you know. Well, then also I, I would like to actually go play an actual like arcade or an arcade mame, whatever generator of it emulator because mm-hmm. I the graphics were better at the arcade, and I've been playing the NES version of that game for decades, and I kind of want to go back and remember. Visit oh, the yeah. old friend of like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. That's what that Pizza Hut advertisement is supposed to look like. Because <laughs> there were a lot of Pizza Hut tie-ins. Yeah. Uh, my first concert I ever went to was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On the Coming Out of Their Shells tour in, like, I guess that was 90, 91. Oh, that's right. Uh, when they released the Pizza Hut album, which is where Matt is surfing Subterranean, which is a line from one of their songs, Tubin. Oh. Okay. Tubin! Surfing Subterranean, Tubin! <laughs> I, do, I don't... It's a great album. I don't think I had that album. Uh, so. Coming out of our shells. This is the podcast where I just sing Turtle songs. Maybe not. Maybe it's not that. Um, um, and I made you watch Turtles on Oprah. Yes. That, yeah. that was not... That was entertaining. Yeah. That was entertaining, but also sad from like a commercial... <laughs> like, like this, this is what commercial exploitation looks like. Uh, you should should we summarize it. For, yeah, during for the tour, during the coming out of the sh- coming out of their shells tour, uh, the turtles stopped by the Oprah Winfrey show, circa ninety ninety one, to just appear on her show and to advocate their new message of nonviolence. Uh, to quote April O'Neil in that episode, they put down the uh, weapons and picked up the instruments. Yeah, like like clearly this was not. <laughs> This had nothing to do with, like, the... Like, this was clearly, like, Pizza Hut not wanting violence yeah. in their promotion. And it was great because all the kids... Um, all the kids, when they asked them questions, they constantly kept asking them about their weapons. Like, one girl, I love her, she says, If you don't got your weapons today, how are you going to fight somebody? <laughs> uh, and then they have to be like, You know what? Sometimes talking is the best weapon. Uh... Unless you, if you're backed up into a corner of you and you have no other recourse, then you can fight. Like, <laughs> which is probably like these guys. Like, it's like hired out to do this birthday party thing, and like not, you know, all of a sudden are like trying to deal with like navigating like child psychology and like, yeah. well, well, I can't say never fight, but like, uh, well, I mean, you should, but like, no, nah, but we know. Yeah. And it's also like people in animatronic turtle costumes having to improvise answers, like they're having to improvise an interview as the turtles. Because it was live to tape, like, those questions weren't, you know... Yeah. Um, because... 
Yeah, that was that was probably before. Like I think yeah. if they did that nowadays, they would not they would have to practice everything. They'd no, no, like screen. the kids, the kids would be scripted. Right? Yeah, the, the yeah, they not... have to screen all their questions. Yeah, because one of the one of the kids asked, "What's so special about Splinter?" And <laughs> and all the turtles like go like, "Whoa, man! Okay, well, what's so special about your dad?" <laughs> It's amazing. And then they have to start backtracking. You can hear one of the turtles say under the breath, you know he's very special about the kid's father that they they just insulted. (laughs) We're making a point by... Um, At one point, I think Michelangelo uh, put, like, does the under... He does the waddle wiggle. He he puts his fingers under April's chin and, like, Gucci Gucci Goozer and says, I've been trying to talk her into an inner... Her into an interspecies relationship for years now. Oh, jeez, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, I think one of the kids asks, like, "Is there anything going on? Are you? Do you like any of them?" So this is like easy to find on YouTube, right? I don't. I've never not... actually. Oh. Um, it probably is now. When I was a kid, I made my mom like she recorded it for me. Like when I was a senior in high school, me and my friends were looking for something to watch. I was like, "Oh, what's Turtles and Oprah? Let's watch this." And then we just like died laughing, and it became this. A meme amongst just my friends. Like, before the internet became... Before videos on the internet became super popular in the early 2000s. Yeah. Or easy to make happen. Right. Everyone that came over to my house, they would all, like... I had to, like, you have to see Turtles on Oprah. <laughs> uh, I made, like... I burned it to DVD and made DVDs for my friends of it. Um, all right, we should... Well, we should... Like, so I don't know... If it's, two, not, if it's not on YouTube, we should try to... Get it on there. We could try to get it on Because I have a digital file of it. No promises. So, yeah. So, we're both turtle heads. Yes. Both, and what, what, and okay, what are the what are the fans called? I don't shell I, shellheads. Fans? I don't. I don't know. I don't think we need to. Um, but okay, what is the a, book you were reading? Because I feel like a lot of our discussion of issues five through eight of TMNT Adventures might be viewed through a prism of whatever you whatever. So the, I was whatever reading. You just read. So I was reading uh, "Raise Some Raise Some Shell" by Richard Rosenbaum. Uh, it is available on uh, Kindle, the I iBooks, think, and iBook. I got it on iBooks and. Let me see. I think it might have like a um, summary. Yeah, or like a. Did it just come out? Uh, yeah, pretty recently. So I, I found out about it because I listened to um, the Overthinking It podcast, and the author writes there. Um, oh. And it's sort of an. It basically expands on like a post he wrote, and the the gist of it is it's a book about. It sort of covers like the history of the turtles, uh, as like a you know as a media phenomenon, and also sort of he puts out his theories as to why they were popular. And why certain incarnations work and didn't. Which ones didn't work? Uh, according to this book. The Next Mutation. Which one? Oh, is so that the... That's the Power Rangers. Basically, the Power, the Power Rangers... Version, yeah. when, when the When the first cartoon started to descend and the Power Rangers ascended, right? It ended at about 95. Like, yeah, like... 96. 96 yeah, was like last season. Yeah, it went 10 seasons. They did, kind of, they did kind of meet halfway. Like, Turtles were on the way down, Rangers were on the way up. Right, and so yeah. they made a deal, and there's there's actually... So there's actually a crossover... Like, yeah. There's a crossover episode with the Power Rangers with Turtles in it, and then they did a short, like, a one-season... Got canceled pretty quickly. It's like uh, thirteen episodes yeah. or something quick. And it was the same. It was the same. It was uh, Sabin Entertainment that did the you know that that did Power Rangers. They put together this turtle show. It seems like a a home run idea. What Power Rangers and Turtles? That well, also just um, live action turtles because at that point, I mean, the suits weren't great, but they also like were as good as what was on Power Rangers, which was phenomenally popular. Well, yeah, but the thing is, what they did was used the the Power Rangers technology and brought that to the like they weren't <laughs> using the same animatronics as the movies in fact the first two movies were the same with the henson company yeah and then the third movie they they got a cheaper substitute and then the 
Power Ranger thing was like even uh, cheaper than uh. that set. So like the costumes are terrible. The main thing, uh, I don't know if this is worth. Well, we probably should get. I don't know. Mention it um, because it, it comes up in the book, and I feel like I kinda cr- it got kind of cringe a little bit. The main thing about <laughs> the next mutation, I don't know if you know this, is there was a female turtle. Yeah, Venus. Venus de Milo. She who was named not after an artist like the other turtle. She was named after a a work painting, of art. A work yes. of art. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of a shame because like, there's like the, the, the argument is that like, that was, here's the thing, that show was by all accounts terrible because it was mainly trying to cash in like, oh, let's take these characters and just have them do things. Um, but didn't really feed into like the sort of any of the core ideas behind like what made the show good. Right. So like, um, the turtles were not. They actually explicitly said that the turtles are not brothers. Oh, ooh. and partially so that there be an excuse for some kind of romantic relationship with Venus. Oh, but you could say I'll make the four of them brothers and her not a sister. Yeah, although oh, I think geez. their origin their origin story was that they were all the same. But like, I don't know. Anyway, so like that's that was something they threw in. They're not brothers. Like April and Casey. Like no humans were really part of the thing. Uh, yeah, I don't like I said. I haven't I haven't watched it, so I don't really know too much about the plots. But basically, like. They changed enough. It was it was it was clearly like, you know, a, it was, you know, a, an attempt to take this like take something that was popular and just like stick it in another show, make it basically the Power Rangers with turtle yeah. outfits on, and so it didn't really have any of the ideas in the in the in the show like the whole thing about mutants and like, um, yeah, and like dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with being outcasts and but also heroes and and so on. It, it, it's a shame that this attempt to like add a female character yeah. is tied to this this horrible, this awful product because basically they added her in a way that was like creatively, like well, creatively bankrupt is actually Peter Laird's <laughs> phrasing for it, right? Because she was like, uh, well, she was like taller and like a better fighter and also could use magic and like. So, they, so they, you know, they tried. They overdid and like. Well, they overdid that. It was very much about like checking off a box, and yeah. like it was. In, it was a terrible show, and like, and and there was such a reaction to that that like every other like since then there was like this big hang up about having a female turtle to the point when they did this episode of the um uh what was it actually no that wouldn't make sense chronologically but like the point is like it, like they were so upset about it and I feel like. You can look into that, and if you're just thinking about in terms of, like, feminism, you can be like, oh, like, well, this is just, like, this is, they're all saying this out of, because of the patriarchy. And yeah. I kind of cringe, because it's like, well, you know, like, it, it's sort of, like, it's both, right? Like, yeah, it is, it's like, it's a real shame that, like, it's, it, there isn't, in general, more female characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, this is not the right way to do it. And it's a shame that, like, that gets piled in. And there's all because there was like so much like I don't know yeah it, well it's it's also like it's sounds like it's kind of the same thing as uh, when people say um, well there's no female superheroes right now because look at Elektra and Catwoman and it's like well aren't those just bad movies <laughs> like there are plenty of bad yeah. male superhero movies and when those come out we don't say oh well, I don't know if we can do another Iron Man because Green Lantern really sucked. So it kind of seems like now the only female turtle is now just associated with a show that was just bad. Well, I mean, we can dive into these four issues because actually a lot of what you said kind of rings true. Did they talk about the Archie comics at all in the book? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these they cover are everything. These are crazy. Yeah. No. So yeah. So we and picked these. We picked these in particular because because I had I had not read any of them. Yeah. You read. You have a bunch. And read, I brought some of. You mine. read some later ones though. Yeah. So the the story goes that they started the, uh, you know, there was the original comics, then they did the the TV toy deal and had that going. And then they started a new line of comics based on the TV show yeah. to kind of, for like for kids who like the TV show to get comics that weren't necessarily... Because those original Turtles comics are pretty violent yeah. and pretty crazy. They're gritty, right. Uh, which so, we'll be reading at some point later this year. So the story goes, right, the first four issues of that series, of the Archie series, are all like... Like follow along yeah. with the TV show. There's a, there's an initial mini series. I think it's three or four issues that covers the the first um, five five episode like opening. Yeah, the five the yeah. first yeah the first season of the TV show was those five episodes. And then so those the first four of these are like Incredible Shrinking Turtles and like Return of the Shredder, which I remember I remember those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were like, we should start with yeah. So we'll start five. With, yeah, we'll start with five because five was the point where they went their separate ways and said, all right, comic books, you. You know, I, I think partially for production reasons too, right? It was like they were working independently anyway. Yeah. So like they were able to do the first thing together because they all had the same script. But after that, they just went off in other directions. Can you can you pinpoint in these comics where you feel like the comics went in a totally different direction? Uh, issue seven. Yes, I I, when, felt, I felt that way too. When uh, all of a sudden the turtles. Okay, I mean like. Issues five and six are very um, kind of by the numbers done in one adventures where they just bring in a toy character and introduce them into the universe of the Archie comics, which, as I researched, was before, for the most part, predated their cartoon appearances. Mm-hmm. Sometimes very, very close. Um, all of that is on. Oh, that's interesting. So I guess like, it was like because they were actually doing toys at the same time, it was sort of like they both went to both teams and were like, here's a toy. Yeah, because they had thing. different origins too. Yeah, and this is the thing that I wanted to look up because I know how like GI Joe, GI Joe was done in the same way, um, which is a thing that I'm learning reading the GI Joe comics mm-hmm. um, from my youth. Larry Hamill is having to work in everyone getting really garish '90s costumes for all of the new '90s figures, and so halfway through battles, he was having care like Flint. Hey, you gotta you gotta come join Eco Force now. Here's your new costume. It's like, oh, this is ugly. It's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, so I feel I feel that same thing here of like, well, we got all these action figures, we got we gotta do something with these. That actually kind of okay. That kind of should we just go through this in order then? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. like, I'll, so the first trying one, to open up, I took down a bunch of notes because I thought I I was fascinated with the context of mm-hmm. what all these came in, whether or not they were working from a toy or they were working from a cartoon. Right. No, that's I hadn't really considered that because like the first. Uh, so I'll be for honest, the first one feels like not a good story. Like, no, it's fucking weird. It's well, it's just rushed, right? But, but like, if you think in the context of like, look, here's this manta ray thing. Just make a story about it. You have like, <laughs> oh, we're late. You have a week or something. Like, okay, now I kind of get where this like yeah. it got rushed because it does. It's like it just happens. And he was named Man Ray. He, he did October 1989 is when Man Ray's first appearance happens in the comic books. Uh, Ray Fillet did not become a figure until 1990, and he never appeared in the 87 cartoon series. But I did own that figure. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a weird issue because he the, the turtles go to an aquarium, right? Yeah. And uh, so, like, is he an aquarium owner? Just like walks up to them and just offers a ton of information. Oh, well, that's like, yeah, like any, any aquarium. Any proud aquarium owner. 
Well, not owner. Well, whatever, right? It's like one of the scientists that works in the museum. Aquarium enthusiast. Like does, does the tours. I mean, that's not that's not weird. Although, what he's doing with his hands... Like, at first I thought it was air quotes, but now I think he might have been yeah, like... He's making the weird antenna things. Yeah, explaining... Yeah. But, but the point is, like, they're all kind of bored. And actually, it, later on, right, like, when, when Raphael's, like, recounting how they got to where they are. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we had the worst couple days. And his first thing is like, first Donatello drags us to see this aquarium. And I just <laughs> like the idea that it was like, that ranks with all the other fighting they had to do. It was like, oh, we had to go to this oh, boring, aquarium. boring aquarium. Uh, all four issues, uh, three of them are drawn by uh, Ken Mitroni. One of them is drawn by Jim Larson, Jim Lawson, mm-hmm. who I discovered is a co-creator of Leatherhead. Uh, and all four of them were written by Dean Clarain and Ryan Brown. Just want to get those uh, creator credits out. Um, I, I will also mm. point out, since we're starting at the top, that I love—I actually do love the digital presentation of these on Comicsology mm-hmm. because it looks like they actually just scanned the newspaper comics, so it still has the texture of a newsprint uh, underneath oh, all the color, as opposed to as opposed to how Marvel and maybe even DC. Um, mm-hmm. Marvel takes the original line art and mm-hmm. then they recolor everything digitally. Oh. Except, but only, but still like using these as a color guide. So they don't add any more gradation. They don't add any more depth or texture or anything. It's right, still right. the exact same colors. But because it doesn't have this underbed of like newsprint, it seems super, super flat. Hmm. Uh, because you'll, you'll notice like the newsprint adds, you know, levels of texture to things that you don't get if it's just flat. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find a... No, that totally reminds me of like people talking about... Um... I think I think somebody went so far as to actually study uh, in terms of video games, like people playing old, like when you play an old video game on an emulator, yeah. and you're seeing it on your nice like, you know, pixel perfect LCD screen, and you don't get any like the ghosting and the weird fuzzy edges that you would get on a yeah. cathode ray tube. Like uh, here's a, here's a picture of an image from New Mutants number sixteen, and yeah. everything is like super super flat, mm-hmm. which is fine uh, which is fine like it looks good but it also makes me kind of i miss the no it's like it's it looks nice but it's also like very flat. better than i mean it's it's your it's your typical it's your star wars new uh, yeah. new edition right it's <laughs> yeah. like it's like they cleaned it up but it was made like people experienced it in that medium yeah. and now it's like you know are you is it better cuz you're closer to the ideal or is it or is it better cuz it was closer to the way it was experienced yeah. there's a whole philosophical rabbit hole you can find so when I when I when I opened it up and saw that it still looked like it was on newsprint I was like oh I like that yeah that's good no I, I like that too I didn't actually even think about it but yeah why okay <laughs> so the the guy they leave and the and the aquarium closes up and what's his name Jim or something the human the tour guide he says like let now time for some real work yeah. It's like one page before. 7 p.m. On, the, on my way to that sewer pipe on Bayview Beach. Super, so, yeah. So, now for some real work. Super sinister, and he's got, like, he's got a dictaphone, whatever, like, he's recording. Yeah. Like, what the hell is he up to? Also, I like that, okay, also, just having watched Blackfish recently, <laughs> the movie about killer whales in SeaWorld. Okay. And the horrible mistreatment of sea creatures in aquarium situations. I like that it shows the this guy walking up to the manta ray thing. Pat, pat, pat. You're so friendly. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, big beautiful. To the to the manta ray. <laughs> but that also plays into the fact that in this turtle universe, humans when they get exposed to the mutagen, turn into a anthropomorphic it, version of whatever they touched last. Exactly, it's your whatever. Touched Unless last. you're the turtles, in that case, you are turtles. No, it's that explained then... clearly oh, in the opening. 
That Did the they turn it because they they touched? They the... were most recently in contact with Hamato Yoshi. Yeah, but but Splinter had most recently been in contact with the rats because in the very it's actually kind of funny, right? In the very in the op- I just re- I watched last night the first episode of the cartoon, and like they do actually make a point that like he was living in the sewer and had rats as pets. Oh yeah, and then the turtles got dropped down the sewer, and then the mutagen thing was like a week later, but like the rats suddenly the rats are like not you know pets anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he he's going to try and like get uh, evidence that whatever this company is is dumping mutagen out of the sewers or not mutagen just like is polluting from the sewer. I pipe, guess that I he guess. well he, I mean the point is like yeah no the mutagen thing was an accident because like, Bebop and Rocksteady just dumped it just, all out on accident. Just, yeah, because they're idiots. Right? They're idiots. But like that like he clearly wasn't investigating that because that was a one off. No, thing. yeah. But that's the thing. What the heck is his? What is he moonlighting at? Is he a detective? Is he just like <laughs> he's dr- he's wearing upset? a trench coat. He's, he's wear- wearing a trench coat. He's wearing a trench coat and he's recording <laughs> what he's doing. But, like, it's not really clear, and then this is his real work, even though he, like, I guess, I assumed he worked at the aquarium, but maybe not. I think he's a creep. I think he's, like, a creepy guy that hangs out, like, hey, guys, want to know some things about manta rays? I mean, he like, no, no, wait, no, no, he clearly has to work at the, he has to work there, because he was close Yeah, and he he did say, he did say So he's moonlighting as something, and we don't know what. And we never find out. We never find out. And, because, because there's no, like... They kind of play his... So this is kind of a Jaws thing, right? Where it's like... Well, not Jaws. I don't know. Basically, I'm thinking Jaws just because it's in the water. But, like, <laughs> but the point is, right? Like, he, like, mysteriously... Like, we see him mysteriously disappear uh, with the mutagen. We don't know what happened. But we know what happened. Well, you know what happened. We as adults know what right. happened. So, like... And then and then the turtles, like... The turtles have a submarine fight with Shredder and the guys and so on. And, like... And then mysteriously something is intervening. And, like, eventually... Like the manta ray is slowly of, uh, revealed to us as the, as the yeah, and on. his tape recorder is still working after like getting dragged underwater. And well, he's, well, who knows if it's actually recording? Yeah, anything. yeah, no. I mean, the that physical po- object is still there. Well, so that's here's the thing I'm interested <laughs> in. Right, here's the thing I'm interested in that they don't that totally gets washed over for this, right? Which is that like the experience of being mutated. Oh like, no, yeah, like like you totally don't like a like not only do they not address the fact that like this crazy thing has happened to this guy. That he got, like, washed. He was, like, he got basically, like, was in a pipe, got flooded out of it, and then, like, you know, regained consciousness as a monster. But then, like... Wearing totally new, like, clothes. Yeah. Well, totally I mean, new, that, like, superhero-esque clothes. But even that aside, right, there's nothing in there about how he deals with this. Yeah. The most, the most like, depth they give him is that, like, he, uh, he just sort of addresses that, like, like, he comes on shore and is, like, having trouble, like, out of the water and is, like... I'm having a hard time. I'm not used to my body. But, like, he instantly knows, like... How to use a harpoon gun? <laughs> He's got that going Well, I figure out how to use a harpoon But my point is, right, it's, it's not even that. It's just that, like, he knows who the bad guys are and who and what's going on and who to help out and what, like... Like, he, he just, like... It's like the mutagen also gave him, like, all of the plot... All of, like, the yeah. nar- narrative knowledge that he would need to, like, actually, like, you know who the good bad guys are what just to help out even the idea that like he was capable of like catching a torpedo and like sending it back at the submarine like you wouldn't wake up knowing you had these abilities I mean manta rays might know how to do that what powers does a manta ray even have I don't even know do they sting you know, I mean Steve Steve Irwin found out that oh that's right that's, oh. sorry oh boy that may, just got really dark may he wrestle uh, um, but do we need to preface everything with saying like we know these comics were made for people a good twenty five years younger than us. Uh, that, like, no. that is, I, whatever. 
I mean, um, that is not an excuse to make bad comics at all. You yeah. should still. Um, well, but I'm th- wondering, like, as as a like five year old reading these, would you like? What, what do you think you would have thought? Because that, that's the thing I'm most fascinated about. Like, you are seven. You're well. You're nine when these come out. You're mm-hmm. loving turtles. You're like, I need more turtles. You buy this comic book. Does do any of these four issues give you your turtle fix? Because I would argue. Oh, yeah. I, I would argue maybe no. Well, I, turtle. I mean, I don't know. That's. I don't know what constitutes getting a turtle. Getting get like, a turtle fix. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly it, it's certainly fun, right? The point is, like this one, there's a lot that's not covered in the name of like moving the story along yeah. and getting to the fighting and like getting to the fireworks over the Statue of Liberty and all that. So in that sense, like it's not boring. Yeah, it just like it's missing. It's just it's it leaves a lot unaddressed. And, and like I said, the first time when I was reading it, I wasn't thinking about it, but. From the perspective of like, oh, here's like a toy. You just need to introduce it. Yeah, I can, it, like it de- it accomplishes that. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know. Um, it's not. It's it's not a bad. As like as, it's not a bad bad thing. But like, definitely could do better. It makes a man ray slash ray fillet seem pretty cool. He gets a really good splash page. He does, although he does, he's actually not in, like, even even when he's doing stuff, he's, like, hidden for a good part. Yeah. I guess so then he has a Which good Which I guess that, that gives him, like, some mystique, you know? Yeah, yeah, and no, then no. he comes out and fights Shredder. That's pretty yeah. cool. Is the last page of the issue commentary, like, negative commentary on the show? Because they're watching fireworks. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever he is, he's going to miss a celebration. Gosh, wow, we... And then the last line is, I'm hungry, I want a pizza, like now! Like the end. Like, what? <laughs> what is that... I mean, I get the turtles want pizza, but it just like comes out out of nowhere. Michelangelo is having a conniption fit. But that's a running joke, right? That like whenever yeah. there's something, he's like, he's like, no, like I'm hungry. I don't know. There was the end of like. Uh... <laughs> it's such a weird note to end on to me. There's actually like the, the like a cartoon I watched one of the episodes I watched recently. It was like, um, you know, ended with like this character was back, and they're like, oh man, it's so great to see. It's so great to see her and. And Don Hill's like, yeah, yeah, she looks good. And he's like, no, man, I was talking about the pizza that she has. <laughs> like, that's his thing. No, this was actually kind of a nice touch in the sense that last panel, they're basically mimicking the first panel when they're looking at the tank in the aquarium, right? Wait, do they, do they say something about... Like, they say sort of... They're all saying sort of one word, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, we neat. Wow. Oh, yeah, gosh, yeah. wow, we like. Yeah. In fact, actually, it makes less sense there where he's like, like. Yeah. I guess, which is, I don't know. I mean, I, I also um, have a problem. Uh, overall, I mean, my overall, like, my biggest note for all of these is somehow, I think the reason this doesn't give me my turtle fix, and this might be why the issues that I bought as a kid, like I didn't become a diehard Archie Comics Turtles fan as mm-hmm. a, how old was I, eight, nine? Um, these don't feel like the four turtles. It's kind of like these comics... Ex- expect you to just bring in your preconceived knowledge of what their four personalities are Mm -hmm. and then just try and like hopefully you'll read into that because you could for the most part just make everyone all the dialogue bubbles are just totally interchangeable for all four turtles i feel most of the time yeah to the to the point Mm -hmm. the biggest problem is when they all get those new wrestling costumes in issue seven Mm -hmm. Donatello was wearing red and Raphael is wearing black and i did not notice that until issue eight because none of them are acting like themselves anyway. And so I would assume, well, Rafi, like, since Leonardo's wearing blue and Michelangelo's wearing orange, obviously Donatello was wearing the black. Because, like, black and purple are Yeah, you know, I, I, I had a similar thought. I thought I that like, Donatello who? was in that costume. Yeah. 
And then I didn't figure out till the next one where he's holding the sigh. But then I went back and looked, and they were actually consistent about it. Well, I guess that's a different concern, right? Um, but it, it's, it's, it is a weird thing to when they all get wrestling costumes, you're going to make Donatello red all of a sudden. But then, and then also the fact that I didn't pick up well, on it because none of them were talking the way that I would expect them to. Yeah, no, the, well, yeah, like, you, that's true for, I think, the good reason, right, is that the focus of these issues is on uh, the other character, or at least the first two, anyway, on the other characters. Selling them hot, hot toys. Um, so, okay, so now on to issue six. Leatherhead has, an, uh, has a much more interesting uh, backstory, too. He actually... Um, Leatherhead, who is a crocodile, which I totally own that figure as well. Did you own either Man Ray or Leatherhead? No. I have both of them. Uh, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> uh, Leatherhead debuted in August 1988 uh, in Mirage Comics, which was the original line of Turtles comics, was by Mirage, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 6 by Ryan Brown and Jim Lawson. Ryan Brown is the guy that wrote this issue of TMNT Adventures that we read, and then Jim Lawson did the art for issue 7. Uh, Leatherhead got an action figure in 1989, and then in November he debuted in this issue. Uh, November 29th, 89, he debuted in the cartoon. So, like, November 1989 was a magical time to be a Leatherhead fan. <laughs> to, be, to be a crocodile. To be Do you remember his origin story? Okay, so in this origin story, in this story, he is a fella from Louisiana yeah. that angers a witch. Yeah. Named Mary Bones. Do you remember? Do you remember his origin in in any others? Turtlepedia says that his origin in the Mirage comics, like his first appearance origin, is not that. He's like, yeah, he, he's uh, a runaway alligator or something. I didn't. I, I just read it and it definitely said that he was affected by mutagen. He wasn't like this weird. It was just your New York City sewer alligator, he, something like that, or crocodile. He was not a Louisiana human being who got turned into an alligator person by right. Mary Bones. Yeah, in the new in the new cartoon. Because he's, he's, he's in been, he's been in a lot of iterations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, I think he, he's he's a staple. But in the new cartoon, he's actually I think he started out as an alligator also. But his story is that he was he was mutated by the Krang in the new cartoon as ah. like, and they were like training him to fight. And so when the turtles rescue him, he sort of like got this. Um, uh, he basically just has anger issues, and the oh. whole thing is about. <laughs> and it's actually kind of sweet. The whole thing in there is about how like he wants like he just he he flips out and fight and like will just attack people nearby and everyone is like what like this guy's crazy we need to get away from him and michelangelo's like no man like we should try to help him out that's nice uh yeah and it's actually uh it's it's a very good episode this is the issue where we start seeing a little bit more serialized storytelling because this mary bones character uh, she uses this orb thing... The turnstone. Turnstone to turn him into something. And Krang reveals that that is a weapon from Dimension X or something that he is now after because he feels that it will give him his body back. Well, Krang believes that it is. It yeah, is not yeah, confirmed. Yeah. yeah, okay. But I did, I, did, I did actually like the nod to, like, yeah. magic being, you know, technology, you know, that kind of... It can be yeah. away kind of thing. As opposed to just being like... Hey, I don't know. I mean, like, it doesn't really matter, but in a way, like, uh, it it's nice when, like, they, there's a nod to consistency. I like, actually, if you can go back a page or two, yeah. the whole... So, so they they want to get from, like, New... from They want this character to be from Louisiana, and they want a Swamp Witch from Louisiana, which you do not have in New York City. No. And so no. they motivate getting those characters to New York by having him steal this gem from Mary Bones' home, and then coming to New York to sell it. Which is, like, a little fair fish, but actually I think kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah, before like, eBay, yeah. 
Yeah, right? You'd have to, you'd have to come to some city to sell. I mean, yeah, you need to go where all the money is. Although, I mean... Atlanta if, probably would have been good Atlanta, enough. Atlanta, I mean, like Nashville. I'm trying to think of... Yeah. I mean, there are also probably rich people in New Orleans. Probably. <laughs> is, is a city. Although, on the other hand, if you want to move a hide item, right? Like You want to go to where the money money is. No, and you also want to get away from like yeah. where the owner is going to be like... Especially coming. if that owner's a witch. Yeah, especially if that owner's a witch. Mary Bones. Which apparently turns out... New York is not far enough, but no. I actually like these panels though, where he 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 goes to New York and is like commenting on New York City as New York City, and like this this is actually like kind of sweet, where like he he uh, well first of all that he narrates his own like getting Which off is the bus really weird. Several days later, I arrive in New York City. Like okay, that was a jarring <laughs> like jarring like you would have that thought as you step off the bus yourself. <laughs> I because I was I was looking at that and I was like, are they really are they just trying to like. Like, they haven't had a narrator so far. And I was like, oh, I guess they're just trying to stick true to that. But then they actually do have, like, the narrator bubble. What is that called, by the way? Caption box? Caption box. Caption box, I guess. I assumed it would be a more <clears throat> difficult term. Um, so it gets off, and it's just, like, this really nice, like, little bit of, like, New York as, like, you know, uh, you know, a, a thing of, like, here's people, you know, one panel of, like, here's people, you know, Clearly going rich, to work, oh, yeah. and here's like all the tourists walking celebrity. around, and then like yeah, a rich celebrity. <clears throat> he's like, there's so much here. Rich celebrity going into a you know, mm. the doorman, laying in the car, so much, and then a homeless guy in the street, and like that's yeah, like wow. I think that's a really that's nice smart. capture. What especially like New York of the not early nineties, like, yeah, late, yeah. So good, good job, Ken Mitroni. This is a uh, like November eighty nine. Yeah. Um, because that's another interesting thing to think about, right? Is like what you know is the the turtles in relation to New York City and like you know why why does it matter that they're in New York as opposed to anywhere else or like yeah this gives it the actual New York flair so in that way which is also why I love the first Ninja Turtles movie so much mm-hmm. I love it is it feels so like when I was a kid that's what I thought New York was yeah and, and to some extent here. it was more like that oh, right? like <laughs> yeah it's so good um, um so yeah anyway so he gets bumped coincidentally by one of the turtles. And drops the thing in the sewer. So he goes down in the sewer, which is super easy it. to do. Super easy. I mean, I guess it is. You just keep walking. I assume, I, I think, like, uh, you know, everything else, like, it's probably easier in the 80s and early 90s to, like, just get into the sewer. Now yeah. it's probably not so much. Anyway, but yeah, so he gets, he's down there. Mary Bones shows up, is, like, super pissed that he stole. Well, that's, my, that's my turnstone. For some reason, just being a human alligator means that he can bust through concrete like nobody's business. So he immediately jumps through a wall and then falls through one, two, like three uh, floor, like levels of hard subway flooring. He is a hulking brute, and like, like he's he's super powerful, but also like not totally in control. Like has a bad like in common with the 2013 series that I've been watching, right? Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sort of the same thing here of just like. He's he's got anger issues and like Andy's super powerful and like that's not a great combination. He also, he also says "ut" a lot. What, yeah, is, is that a New Orleans thing? Neither of us are from there. Ut. Ut. He says it a lot, which is a thing that I remembered from when I was a kid because he started Mighty Mutanimals, which mm. I have two issues of. And I remember being a kid pronouncing it "ut" because I'm from Tennessee and University of Tennessee. <laughs> so I was trained. Anytime I saw those two letters side by side, it was UT. And I was like, why does he keep saying UT? Go UT. UT, UT. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really... I just tracked that up to like... Yeah, it's like a tick. It's like a I, mean, every, tick. I mean, every writer sort of has their own like idea of how to spell these sound effects, right? But, like, that's going to be... Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out like what it is he's trying to say and if that is like a New Orleans stereotype of like... Uh, 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 
Yeah. Good. I don't know. <laughs> it's... I think the only way we'd be sure is to, like, smash someone through a concrete wall and see what sound they make. And after turn them into a alligator. After turning them Well, into, if yeah. you got the time. Yeah. Um, uh, Shredder convinces Leatherhead that, hey, you need to be on my side. I'm throw you up against these turtles to fight. No, I, that, right? that was actually, I mean, yeah. I don't know. This is a much better story this, in yeah, terms this of, like, bit, how, yeah. how it unfolds. And the fact that, like, yeah, so, so Shredder does his whole little... Uh, Structure better. It has a better action sequence... Slightly better. It has Bebop yeah. and Rocksteady in it, which I'm always a fan of. But I really, yeah. So I really liked the bit where Shredder. But like when, when so when when Shredder's like, you know, Leatherhead lands there, he's totally confused. Shredder's like, you know, explaining to him like, oh no, like Mary Bones transformed these guys too. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, this used to be my accountant and yeah. my real estate agent. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, the turtles are like, listen to them talk. And they're like, oh, you guys. Like, that doesn't, do they sound smart at all? No. <laughs> Which is what, so, so the, this sort of has a moral of the story, right? About like, well, lying isn't good. But like, <laughs> but I feel like you could also take the lesson of like, well, when you lie, like, don't overreach. Like, <laughs> there were also, I don't know, it might have been the issue before this. There's also a, a little, um, I like Krang and Shredder's relationship. Because it seems kind of like oh, no, weird, yeah. like, like log, like married for like fifty years, kind of like pick at each other. Oh yeah, just like ah, shut up. <laughs> like, oh no, that's the bet, like the best, right? Yeah, is, like, I, is I their, like their relationship. They're bickering, right? And like, um, yeah, why don't you get me a body? And he's like, I'm working on it. Like, I'm trying to. I'm dealing with a lot here. Okay, no, there's the Technodrome. It's in Dimension X, yeah. right? So that's so they're in just some they're other in, underground yeah, layer. Like, you know, um, but yeah, so like, so yeah, so then crank. So they go off. So Leatherhead goes off to actually go. Like go hunt, go turtle hunting. Krang reveals that he thinks the turnstone is like actually technology yeah, thing and, from Dimension X. Yeah. <laughs> then they have a fight because uh, they find each other on this mysterious bridge. Yeah, over an uh, underground river. Yeah, it's all well lit. Well, they, well, and then it's dark when they fall into it later. Yeah. Um, no, and then so they have a fight. So yeah, so oh, the, yeah, there are lamps. You know, what? I took notes and then I've totally forgotten to look at them. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, the issue ends. Uh. On a really great note, I love the way the issue ends, which I feel like is just like the be- it's like the easiest cliffhanger. Just having someone at the very end of the issue, Raphael points off off camera and goes, "What's that?" and that's it. To be continued. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wait, so so I love that. Just go, going back to the fight because I wanted to like uh, comment on that because that so they're having the fight. Leatherhead thinks they're the bad guy. It's basically an issue of like Leatherhead thinks they're the bad guys. Yeah, and. Through the power of conversation in the middle of a fight, they need to convince him otherwise. Which, like, so first of all, like, it was kind of silly the fact that like they start fighting and Raphael's immediately like, like, hey, so nice to meet you. Why are you fighting us? And, <laughs> and, and like they immediately like you probably wouldn't actually even think to to say that. Where do they start here? Yeah, why'd yeah. you call us evil jerks? Which I guess is kind of. I don't know, interesting, but it's like it was interesting that like which turtle that we, was the which turtle does that sound like though? Because it's coming from Raphael. Does that sound more like Leonardo or Donatello though? Because the Raphael that is it characterized, depends. we would be like, yeah, yeah. Raphael were characters would like, yeah, let's fight. I love this. Yeah, I yeah, I actually feel Raphael probably wouldn't care if, if right. So they start fighting, they get called evil jerks. Donatello or Leonardo might ask because what? they yeah. think that sounds odd, and they're like, this seems like something. A clue we should dig in. Yeah, Michelangelo would be more likely to be like have his feelings hurt. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, why'd yeah. you say that, man? Yeah. Uh, 
so either way, so actually, yeah, so in that sense, like, well, I don't know, Raphael's got kind of, Raphael's actually got a thin skin, which is sort of his deal, so like, (laughs) that actually makes, it makes sense that any one of them could have, they would all have different motivations, um, but yeah, so like, they, they get into a conversation just because like, Leatherhead happens to call them evil, and they're like, what? Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then Leatherhead says like, he's like, yeah, he's like, what if I told you we didn't know any evil witches, Leatherhead says, I'd say I, it's the I, nature I, of evil to lie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, gotta gotta keep those uts in there. I'm I'm what not gonna do guess. They mean? Out of respect for the author, I'm not gonna guess how they're pronounced <laughs> and get it wrong. Um, but I like, I don't know. This that kind of is a weird thing where it's like it's the nature of evil to lie. Yeah, it's a very which, profound comment coming from a thief, like a guy, a guy that was just about to go hawk a stole merchandise to went to New York to hawk it. But to be fair, he did it. Because he actually, that's right. We forgot that when 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 uh, Mary Bones confronts him, he's like, "I only did it for the money. That was for the money." Of Which course. I think he was that's exactly why. That's why you steal. That's why you do anything. I think he was trying to communicate that, like, he, like because he was poor, like because he was desperate, <laughs> not because out of not for the thrill. God, gotta but, get more specific, man. But no, but so I liked what happens here, right? Which is that they're fighting, and Leatherhead's like trying to make up his mind because he realizes, like, well, these two people he just met are both trying to convince him that they're the good guys. Yeah. And then there's this really nice moment, like, of all the ways you could demonstrate it, right? Like, they're fighting, Roxy starts to fall over the side of the bridge. And then Leonardo, like, is like, whoa, he's like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, grabs his arm and pulls him up and saves him. <laughs> and then Roxy sucker punches him for it. Oh, yeah. That's uh, pretty smart storytelling. Yeah, which that is... demonstrates... To- yeah, yeah, and like, and they, and the point is, they clearly have Leatherhead witness this, but like, that's how they drive home. Like, oh wait, no, these are the yeah. good guys, and I like that because it wasn't just a case of like whoever had the best story or made the best argument, but they they demonstrated, yeah. like these are the good guys. Hey, then, I wonder if he had more time on this because this does feel like a much better crafted story than the Man Ray one. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Do we yeah. want to get to the insanity though? Yeah, yeah, where it to. actually. Yeah, you might have to cut out earlier, but I realize we're I'm, there's a lot of depth here. But like, yeah. So they end. Okay, so you're saying they, they end on the very on the trope Great. of what's that? Wait till next week. And then we get we jump into the next two issues, which are which we which is where it gets super non turtley to me. This is yeah. This is where it they get. I wouldn't say it gets non turtley, but it definitely. Well, depending on what you mean by that, but it definitely deviate. Like this is nothing hard, that ever showed up. Hard left. Yes. Hard left. Hard left. A, de- a giant spaceship decapitated cow head named Cud. Cudley. 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 He's a. He's yeah. A, he's an inner. He's a cow lick. An interdimensional. Takes him to. It's right. It's they're in Dimension X, which is a thing I learned. Like so, very outer space of Dimension X. Spits him out because they're in the internet intergalactic wrestling. Uh, with Stump. And I don't know what the sling sling who grows money money grows on that tree and then stump is just an anthropomorphic tree. I actually so here's the thing I, as I was reading this I suspected and I didn't I didn't actually go look it up but I kind of suspected these characters were aping very specific wrestling characters. They might or be. like real oh, real wrestling. Matt. Oh yeah we uh, okay. I know nothing about wrestling. Matt can fill in later. But like yeah because like I don't know if like the money guy is supposed to be Don King. Like haircut, <laughs> is that the mustache the same? I don't know. God, yeah, no. But, like, I don't know, but the point maybe. is, like, they're like you got yeah wrestling promoters that are uh, types of tree. Yeah, and it and then they ju- then the whole issue is just them. They get wrestling identities. They start fighting 
a four-armed dog whose name is Crying Hound. His name is Crying. His name is Crying Hound. And he just keeps saying it over and over again. My and... name is Crying Hound. And I don't know. Is Crying Hound? My first name is Crying. And my last name, which comes after my first, he just that's all he says. Yeah. That's his dialogue the entire time. Yeah. Is that a reference to something? Is Crying Hound? Is that no, I mean like Crying Hound? Not crying. I, I, yeah, I, but like it's like, <laughs> is that like uh, no? That, that's crying, what, is it like crying wolf? Is that a, it's like? Well, no, crying wolf is just, no, no. I, I, that just what, seems crazy, and I'm trying to like figure out a rationalization. Well, yeah, like I said, that seems crazy, but this is where I think it's probably you know influence like influence of a wrestler. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, because you have you have two, and actually, I really appreciate. So, so again. This is mostly like, oh, we're just introducing more characters that are toys, probably. But they aren't. No, these are the only oh, places. Toys? These are the only oh, places cool. these characters ever appear. It's in this comic book, except for Ace Duck. Okay, well, but, okay. So aside, and from this that, version of Ace Duck is nothing like nothing like the other. Nothing like because he's like an Indiana Jones World War II style adventurer in the cartoon. He wears like a, in his toy, he like he wears like a leather bomber. He looks like Indiana Jones, but a duck or like Ducktales. Yeah, I mean, and in was, this, yeah. he's just like a muscle bound dude in a red speedo. So the, okay, so this actually then the, the, I think this puts more weight on the theory that these are parodies of real wrestlers. Yes, yeah, something because yeah. you probably wouldn't do that that far if you actually were going to try to have the characters be long lived. Well, yeah, I mean, but they come back. Okay, look. Regardless, <laughs> they I do think, come back. Yeah. I suspect they're real wrestlers involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and and I appreciate that. Like they're both they're crazy, but they're actually pretty. Interesting in the sense that, like, Crying Hound has, like, like, he's this, yeah, like, this uh, big dog-like thing with extra arms, and he's got this, he's got a little character game that he just, like, announces his name all the time. All the time. And then Ace Duck is this muscle-bound duck. I appreciate it that he has arms and feathers. Yeah. they're distinct. And, yeah, feather wings and, and arms. And that he's an egotistical uh, jackass. Yeah. And, like, and he fights, and they both fight that way, too, in the sense that, like, Crying Hound is just sort of like, I'm Crying Hound, and slog through, yeah. and he's like a tank, and they're just hanging off him. And Ace Duck is like, I'm just going to prance around and let you tie yourself out. Um, I really <laughs> like this page. A technical note, I actually got really frustrated with um, I re- this sequence I really liked. because The double they, matches? Well, they had, the, yeah, so top half was the one match, and bottom half was the other match. It was switch, two, every, yeah, and it switch every now and then. But they were going simultaneously, yeah, yeah. and so clearly, like, it was meant to, like... Uh, my point is, I was trying to read this on the phone and didn't like the guided view. I felt like it was. I, I switched to do it on my computer because I was like, "Oh, it makes more sense to sort of read this across and back yeah. and forth." So like, because you have these two things going on simultaneously, um, and going panel to panel sort of, you know, took away from that. Yeah, it's really because it, it all culminates in both of them getting thrown out of the ring into each other at each other. And, yeah, and, which is actually yeah, really like like. For for kind of a gimmicky thing, it's actually kind of well done. That like, and you know, like that's a fun idea, right? Coincidentally, like, they're not coordinating. But, yeah. Like Leatherhead's having one fight, and the Trolls have another fight, and coincidentally, at the same time, they just throw their opponent out of the rings and smash into each other. And uh, and this is also the issue that has Jim Lawson on art, which, um, as I mentioned earlier, him and Ryan Brown were like have worked together before. They were mm-hmm. the creative team on actual old Turtles comics from Mirage Studios. So I'm wondering if like they just worked well together. So they're like, oh, we can do this. I know you, you we could let's do this. Let's do this kind of interesting storytelling technique where we're gonna show both matches simultaneously taking up half the page. Yeah. Uh and, and it's it's pretty cool. Um let's there is a Zardoz moment. Did you ever see Zardoz? It is it is a great shame that I have not. Uh the movie opens with a giant floating like stone head spinning out 
like a shit ton of guns. The giant decapitated cowhead comes and just burps up all of their weapons at the turtle's feet. Right. Um, Which they did say that the weapons were that he were was holding onto them in his mouth. Yeah. But yeah, I and in fact actually I thought it was kind of interesting there because like he was making these like they kept sh- they kept cutting if that's the right word, but they kept sort of showing like the cowhead making like burp noises. <laughs> cowhead. Like, like, a bunch of times, yeah. and I thought it was just, like, oh, just for, like, environmental color that this, like, cow is... Watching. You know, watching and farting. And then, like... <laughs> no, and then... He's cle- got a point. But clearly they were leading up to, like, oh, no, this gas was because, like, you know, nunchucks don't digest so well, and it, like... I did not know. I did not pick up on this. Uh, yeah, when they all pick up their weapons, mm-hmm. Donatello was all of a sudden wearing red, and Raphael is wearing all black. No, no, they were re- they were wearing those colors from the start. No, no, yeah, that's why I, mean. I said it backwards. Oh, no, I was, Donatello was wearing red and Raphael's wearing all Actually, I like, yeah. oh, to comment, I, I forgot it. When, when they first get their costumes, I like the fact that, like, they're all wearing these kind of silly Mexican wrestler outfits, except that Raphael gets the all-black costume, and he's the only one. Like, the rest of them are like, oh, this is so stupid, and Raphael's like, all right! Yeah, he's like, smiling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he's, like, he's, like, got the kick-ass, like, Spider-Man yeah, suit yeah. on, and everyone else is like... Looks like idiots. Yeah. There's no in-universe reason that they would have the right colors, so, in a sense, I actually kind of respect the fact that, like, they didn't. Like, it made me work a little harder. I actually thought, I didn't even notice until it was the next issue, and you then I went back. You... I went back, and I actually went so far as when they're fighting, and Leonardo calls out orders and says, like, like Raph, you, gra- you go oh, to the yeah, left, yeah. Donatello, you go to the right arm, and then looked, and, like, they actually did follow his instructions. It wasn't just random drawings. Yeah, I think I just, uh, I guess it's also a problem with, like, an animated TV show, you have a half, like, 20, 25 minutes you're going to get a lot more, like, side games. Like, Donatello has time to, like, build a thing. and mm-hmm. like, But in a comic book, you have much less real estate. You have a lot less real estate. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still expecting for there to be just, like, Donatello saying anything that's, like, mildly scientific mm. at all. Like, I don't think he builds or makes anything in these four issues at all. Or even, I don't even know if they, I think they might reference the fact that he's, like, the gearhead gizmo guy, like, once. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Well, and, and the last <laughs> one they do. And in the, I think when when they're when they're traveling inside the cowhead one of, you don't know who's who because it's dark, but one of them's like, I wonder how it's able to cross these amazing distances. And I'm sure that's Donatello. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, this is this also where the uh, where the cowhead takes them back home and he brings them back. Uh, and New York City a is a wasteland. Uh, oh, about 100 years from your home, Tom, says uh, Cuddly. A result of an out-of-control greenhouse effect. This doesn't necessarily have to be your future. It's one of your possible futures. <laughs> and the more you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it was... Do you think this was, like, do you think that they were, like, sort of parodying the fact that that stuff gets, like, shoehorned into... Yeah, because I, I, I do think this is, this entire issue could be seen as a commentary on early 90s culture, like late 80s, 90s culture. Mm-hmm. Because you got the wrestling thing, which we're assuming is all parodies of actual wrestling things. The Turtles, that's definitely... Well, it's a Late, turtles comic. Yeah. It can't be yeah, like, so commenting it, on it. I mean, but it's still like the fact that it is a turtles comic with wrestling tropes and also an environmental message shoved in. It's like a, this weird time capsule of here's what this time was like, kids. Right. Here's this one issue tells you everything you need to know. But I think this would have been the height of uh, Hole in the Ozone Layer, right? Like <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that stuff yeah. was. And actually, there was a bit. There was also a bit about the fact that like um, the '87 cartoon was influenced by the fact that like at the time the FCC required cartoons to have. Oh, some amount, yeah. some portion of educational content, yeah. um, and I think there is some drama about the guy, like one of the producers, actually leaving in part, like towards the end of the show, over some of those restrictions. 
the the last issue, uh, number eight, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, introduces Wingnut and Screwloose, which apparently is a Wingnut is a Batman parody, apparently. Hmm. Which I could see more when I went to Turtlepedia oh, and right, saw I saw like full body costumes of him. Like he's like he's an orphan. He's an orphan. He's oh. he's got a gray and blue color scheme. He also has a logo on his chest. It's much more uh, evident. At oh, the website, yeah. I'm okay. And he has I a like sidekick this. named Screwloose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he first appeared in a serial, a, a Turtles comic book that came with serial <laughs> in 1989. We and, don't know what serial? Uh, no, it just says like oh. serial. It might have been the Turtle cereal. <laughs> the All cereal, raisin bran. <laughs> Grape nuts. Is it a I don't want this. <laughs> In this box of cashy good friends was a Turtles comic. <laughs> uh, he got an action figure in 1990, which is, and he debuted in February 90 in this Archie comic. He did not make his appearance until November 23rd, 1991. Zack and the Alien Invaders is the episode he debuted in. Hmm. So he was around for a while before he got a... Because I don't even think... I don't I had the I had the action figure, but I don't think I ever saw him in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, this is another weird thing... They just all of a sudden wingnut. Like here's a here's, a, here's another character. Here's a character. Yeah, I think the last one. The last they were all they all sort of suffer from that, but the last one was a nice break in the sense that like the wrestling <laughs> match, like they introduced characters for them to wrestle against, but it wasn't like okay, well you've got to learn. Like they didn't focus on them; they were just opponents. <laughs> yeah, and so you got more of a thing going, a story going on. I do. The this last issue is the only one where we ever see Splinter and April O'Neil, and I have to ask. Oh yeah, because in my like the reason these don't feel like turtles to me is because to me turtles are the four turtles with their personalities <laughs> firmly at the forefront, and then it's also Splinter and April O'Neil. Like mm-hmm. Splinter and April O'Neil have to be involved because to yes. me that is turtles, and the fact that we go three issues and we don't see them, and we only ever see April on the TV. Yeah, she's no, that's not, true. She doesn't go on the adventures with them. They don't talk about her. That's true. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, the, the, and maybe this is a this is our fault for pick, the, the issues that we picked, right? Because they were all like sort of unusual days in the sense that, like, the yeah. first one they were they were away from home, and then it's a whole very tight time stream too. Like, yeah, yeah, they've gone from adventure to adventure. Yeah, no. In fact, Splinter comments on that, right? He's like, like he's like, oh, you guys have been out a while. Yeah, um, I do. The art is kind of weird here, though. Like, they come home and Splinter, like. Looks kind of. I think it's like the eyes is being stoned. Yeah, he looks kind of stoned, and they're hey also guys. They're, they all they walk in and they're all shocked. Like Master Splinter, uh, he lives there. He should be there. I think they're commenting on the fact that he's watching TV. Oh, okay, because yeah. because like that's not his deal, right? Like I don't know. I, I don't. Oh, yeah, he's watching Poltergeist, and he says, "Welcome, my sons. I was just watching <clears throat> the news." So he changes it to. Oh, I see. Yeah, because yeah. they're back. That is okay. Which is weird. Like, that's actually kind of unusual, right? Because there's, like, Splinter's not, supposedly not hypocritical about, I, I don't know, I, I don't remember him ever, like, saying he doesn't watch TV, but, like, in, in all the incarnations I know, he's, like, usually, you know, not interested in that. He'll just go meditate and let yeah. the kids goof around. So, like, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, but he also, like, with the eyelids half closed, he looks kind of, like, yeah, stoned or, like, it's a little sleepy. He's like, hey, guys. Hey, guys. What? I was just watching TV. Uh, welcome, my sons. Yeah. yeah. They have a Bruce Lee poster. Um, but that's all we get of Splinter and April. Yeah. No, they, they're not characters. They don't do much in those issues. And also, like, I think Michelangelo, or one of them, expresses surprise that that uh, April is anchor. Yeah. Hey, April's an anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess, like... I, yeah, we'd have to read more to find out. Like, did she just get promoted in... Like, in this continuity, is she now promoted? Uh, she was just a reporter. 
I actually wonder if that's like that's a way to use less of her, right? If she's, yeah, she's, if she's, she's by, too busy. She's she's behind the desk now. She's not doing on on location. <laughs> uh, and then oh, and then okay. So anyway. also when they leave and and so they leave. Splinter's like oh youth. They He's leave. like a weird cartoon character landlord or like oh doesn't yeah they they play him yeah he doesn't. He's best when he's played, you know, more straight. Yeah. Like, he, he's kind of goofier here than, like, than when he's usually his, like, sort of uptight fatherly self. But, um, no, but, like, I, but also, like, they have to, they race out to solve this mystery of, like, thousands of ceiling light, uh, ceiling windows have been smashed. Yeah, that's, like, not that big of a... Pretty low-key. Well, though, although this point... There is they, a storm. They've seen the creature do it, yeah. so they know it's more than just window damage. And it, to be fair, it is a terrifying bat monster. Yeah, so I guess there's not, I don't know. Who we don't know what his origin is. I guess the point is, the only reason, the only thing they don't know, and why they come home and hear on the news, is just the scope of it, right? Yeah. Because all they knew was it was a one-off that this bat threw a rock at them, and then they see on TV that... No, he's thrown a thousand rocks. Like, <laughs> that's a that's a very good like mapping game. Almost like no, he's killed a thousand people. Like okay, yeah, I mean, <clears> seems like the G dip. version of like no, he's thrown a lot of rocks. Oh yeah, like like this is how we make this like petty crime into something yeah. newsworthy. Oh, then we get some cool turtle blimp action. Yeah, like, so as an owner a- of the turtle blimp. I, I forgot, yeah, I forgot they had a blimp, which is ridiculous that they would yeah. have a blimp. A blimp that has, like, a, a weird, like, little sky sled plane thing attached to it. Yeah, and that, like, <clears throat> yeah. And for also for, like, considering how they kind of need to, like, lay low, that it has, like, turtles in giant letters yeah, on Yeah, like, well, all their vehicles have, like, turtles, it's green, has, look like, all this shell motif. Like, gee, I wonder who's in that van. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously the turtles. Everyone almost has pizza power on the side. Who else could it be? Can I, just as a side note, a, a, a tangent. So in the new cartoon, in the 2013 Nickelodeon cartoon, they have, their van is actually like made out of a subway car. Ah. And every time they open the door to get out, it plays the like, bing bong. Like, even if they're in the middle of like some crazy fight and they've got to leap through when the door opens, it's like that is played <laughs> in the background. And I, I love, like. Is that streaming anywhere yet? Show. Not yet. They do like the last bunch on Hulu uh, yeah. and it's on iTunes and I. Totally worth the money. Uh, uh, I'll hook you up if, you, if we want to. <laughs> just want another sample. Let's uh, get back to this though. Wingnut and screw loose. Yeah, I mean, and then you get like a weird origin story. It's a big fight. You find out that is it much of a, it's like they basically subdue him. Yeah, like screw, and then screw loose gives screw them loose, a story. Like, yeah, he tells them that they have a weird symbiotic relationship where all the bat people need these mosquito people because it's the only way they can sleep is if they get bitten by the mosquito people. Which actually, like, it's weird, but kind of sweet that, like, yeah. they had this... Because at first, like, you just see, like, the bat guys flying around and the other, the little guys on his back being like, yeah, yeah, you're doing great, boss. Here, here's a rock. You can throw it. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, silly. But then, yeah, there's sort of this... It's a little so, bit more important. So if they're Batman and Robin, then what what does that mean for the sleep and blood? That's creepy. I don't know. I don't know if the metaphor... Because I did not get the metaphor when I went through this. And I don't know if the, like... Well, okay, if that is the metaphor, who is responsible for that metaphor? Probably the toy manufacturer, since he was a toy first. So the, whoever designs the toys is like, I want to make a Batman character. And they probably don't have to come up with much more... They don't have to come up with more of an origin they can fit on an ID card on the back. Okay. You know? I wonder, like, do they then pass the character off to the writers of the comic book and say... Yeah, uh, this is a Batman pastiche. Who made up the blood thing? The mosquito blood thing? 
Well, that's what mosquitoes do. Yeah, but like, who made like that weird? Well, who, I, who, who is not important? But the, no, the question yeah. is. But what I'm saying I, is, I'm like, just saying I don't know if it actually does tie back to Batman and Robin. I'm wondering if they even clued the writer of this into the fact does, that this is. Does Robin? Does Robin's existence? Like, or, or does he give Batman rest? Does he let yeah, Batman? Yeah, there actually is up? like a there actually is a thing where like having Robin around, like without Robin around, Batman would just be a hopelessly grim, relentless, yeah, war machine. Having Robin around keeps him a little bit grounded, keeps him like attached to the world. So yeah, I guess I guess that metaphor... it probably just gives him like some time off. Like, <clears throat> like he doesn't yeah. have to. You could be like, you watch the bad computer. You know, screen. I'm gonna go take a break. But this is this is the thing. Like these are co- almost comics created by committee because you have people running the toy lines, which then give characters to both the cartoon people and well, the comic book people. I mean, we both know that art by committee can be great, successful. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> whether or not like whoever came up with the specifics of that that thing, right? Like, I think apparently, you can make an interpretation that fits. apparently he's a bad guy in the cartoon. The 87 cartoon. Yeah. I read like he was like a minion of Shredder. Yeah. Which also doesn't map with Batman. Really? Uh, no. maybe no. So yeah, it's weird. Um, no, but I did. I did like the story, and yes, and they're orphans because Krang has uh, killed them all, killed most of the people on his planet, and no, most of them, but all the females. <laughs> all oh the, yeah, all the females to guarantee that they're going to go extinct, but yeah. not necessarily all of them. So that they could have more if they need to in future stories. <laughs> very shrewd, very shrewd dialogue. Weird. <laughs> and then it all gets cleaned up by Cuddly at the end, who's like, oh. Oh, whoops, that was my bad. My, my bad, I opened up a thing. Cuddly also gets more articulate as this thing goes on, right? At the very yeah. beginning, he's just he's like. He's a weird. Or she, actually. Yeah, he's right? a cowhead. But, like, it's just a very dumb. He's like a very dumb, like, little cowhead. And, like, Stump and, and uh, Stump and Slider is, like, ex- you know, speaking on her behalf. And then toward the end, she's, like, explaining, like, how greenhouse gases are going to get out of here. And then, like... <laughs> so, yeah. So, at this point, Cuddly's like, oh, yeah, I, I made this mistake, but I'll, you know, here's the rough uh, crib notes of how transdimensional, warp, you know, things work out, and I'll send... I fixed it all. Yeah. And then at the end, we get a nice little scene with the Turtles and Splinter, um, where Splinter's still been watching TV and knows a lot about getting import cars. Wait, uh, where's the... He, but I know where you can get oh. a good rebate on a certain import car. Oh, well, that's a commentary on yeah. the informational content of news. Oh, yeah. actually, no, wait. Let's say, is there is there something more to that? When he says certain import car... Uh, Master Splinter is still watching the news. Global existence relu- reduced to 30 minutes every 30 minutes. So I guess he's, like, commenting on the inefficiency of the news to actually give you the news, maybe? Well, just saying, like, yeah. You're like, trying to condense all these stories the into one... Uh, okay. Yeah, everything in the world in 30 good, minutes. Good sure luck. thing, man. But I know where to get... I guess it's probably... Yeah, I think he's commenting on the fact that the news of the late 80s, early 90s was all fluff. Yeah, I, don't, I can't not tell you like, anything... Not like now. Not like now. Well, hey, I watched the evening news in New York, and so many people get murdered in this city. I lived there seven years, I did not really have a firm grasp on just how many people get murdered and just shot in the street until I started watching the news every evening. Oh, okay. So, are you, so are don't you, watch are you the tra- news. Are you training to, like, you know, vote Republican? And... Yeah. No, wait, I don't think that would help. I mean, that's... That, I think that's the problem. There are studies, Oof. right, that, like, people who watch local news more, you know, basically are more afraid of people in general, and, like... That, they, yeah, I could see yeah. that. No, because I mean, the, yeah. all the news is, like, this person died this way, this person died this way. <coughs> so I'm glad that Splinter isn't coming coming away with that, with that message. Yeah. No, well, he's, a, he's, he's lived a life... Well, also, like, whatever, these guys know threats... 
And then actually, there seems to be so. And then this is sort of just like a wrap up, like it's like a back to the lair. Let's all rest. Which honestly, like given how much action within the last two yeah, issues, like this is the first they rest they've it. gotten. But it actually, seems like a lot of panels devoted to like two pages to just like coming back and unwinding, and Michelangelo finally putting together these apple core. Uh, was it apple core and uh, milkweed? Milkweed. What is milkweed? No, no, no idea. That sounds gross. That might be worth looking up. <laughs> and then, then it's over, and that is the entire uh, thing. I don't know. I, I'm this this series ran like seventy issues, so it was definitely popular. Like there are people out there like these comics like were mm-hmm. part of Turtle Mania to them. Yeah, I mean, I think like for you know for all the nitpicks, they were they were fun to read. They're good. Like they weren't they weren't terrible. The things that I I I didn't like were just that like you know. The, you know, the first one was rushed, and it's like, what the heck is Manta Ray doing? Or Man Ray? Yeah. Like, what is, Ray, Ray what is his deal? He just shows yeah. up and, like, is gone. But, like, they weren't boring. Like, <laughs> oh, crazy things that I learned. These t- comics get crazy dark. Yeah. Uh, the, the Mighty Mutanimals, um, which are, like, Leatherhead, uh, Ray Filet, um, Wingnut and Screwloose, it's all these characters that we met in this one, they all get straight up killed in issue, like, 55 or so. Like they straight up kill them on panel, <laughs> they like, slaughter the entire team. That is that's kind in of crazy. an Archie kids comic because they they launched the comic book series and they were apparently working together a pitch like they were actually going to do a Mighty Mutant Animal spin off cartoon. Yeah, got all the way to the pitch stage. Pitch stage didn't get picked up. Comic comic book got canceled and then it got relegated to just being backup strips in the main title. And mm-hmm. Ryan Brown, uh, the guy who wrote these issues and also apparently did Mighty Mutant Animals, was like. The I don't want these characters to just be stuck in this like weird second string limbo because they were mm-hmm. almost they almost had their own cartoon so it's like I'll just kill all of them so he killed all of them which ensured that like at least for the rest of that run they mattered like you, do know? you know do you know like how no the the, the Turtlepedia is very uh very <laughs> vague on how they it's were like, all killed it's like I can't stomach it's myself. like Mondo Gecko it's like all these characters that as a kid I love I love Mondo Gecko they killed Mondo Gecko I just want to know was it. Was it a how violent was, was it, it a meaningful death? Did they all just get knocked off, picked off one by one? I don't know. Was See, it like that Star Trek episode where they haven't reprinted uh, those issues? But was yeah, was it where uh, like Tasha Yar's Tasha, death? Yeah, oh exactly. boy, just that. So we are getting touched by a goo monster. Oh, she's dead. That's, that's immediately. Yeah, here's your Windows background funeral. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my only Star Star Trek joke. Uh, yeah, I mean. I, I as I all my uh, complaints I have I would like you know more turtle banter that shows their personalities more April and Splinter you know throw some Casey Jones in there too yeah you know that that's well, uh, yeah. all the all the intergalactic wrestling stuff is very crazy and it definitely feels like that is the like the writer is like this is my idea we're doing this and it's gonna become a theme because it comes back a bunch of times but it works but like it works like they t- it, it's it, some of the issues I have are they go back. Because I remember from a kid, when I saw that giant cow head, I was like, oh, I remember that giant cow head! So do you, so, I don't know if you remember, did you reread any of those recently? No, no. Like, do you, but, like, as far as, like, turtle personalities and all that, like, I is that... I need to read them and see if they, um, get... Because also, these, these were being made are at the end of season three of the cartoon, so those personalities were firmly entrenched. Oh, it's yeah. not like he was going off of the, like, pilot and was like, I don't know what they're gonna be like! Here we go! Sure, but again, yeah. well, and but again, I don't even think it's a question of, like... <laughs> They didn't know or got them wrong. I just think the way the stories are structured, all the focus yeah, is was on, on these new characters. Toys. So you're just not seeing much of that. Yeah. 
So like I I would I would chalk that up to just the issues that we picked. I wouldn't I wouldn't fault the run. And like yeah. Um, Are you gonna read the next volume? Are you interested? Are you hooked? Yeah, I might actually. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna make promises. Cause <laughs> got a lot to do. <laughs> got a lot of other turtle things to read. Uh, there are a lot of turtles comics so out there. Much. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm glad that we got to hang out in a half shell. Is yeah. that that's not a phrase? Uh, yeah, um, go to mattbrettlovecomics.com uh, if you want to tell us what you thought about this or any past episode. Uh, you can check out some of our back issues, uh, like when we read Star Trek and X-Men, where we talked about more licensed property comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also listen to our Star Wars episode, uh, issue, where we talked about issues 7 through 10 of the Marvel Comics series with the guys from Star Wars Minute, because that's another... Let's do stories based on a thing and see how it goes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you can go to the show notes where we'll also have links to that. Um, make sure you buy any of that stuff through the links in our show notes because it kicks a little bit of money back to us. It doesn't take any money from you. It just takes it from Amazon, and they've got enough. I'm excited, actually, that Amazon bought Comixology. Did oh, so notice? I wonder if will we start getting affiliate money from... I, I hope they, they will combine affiliate... Pro- well, they don't... Comixology does not have an affiliate program. But maybe they will now. But maybe they will. So, guys, keep on buying so things. So, you won't have to feel bad about where you buy stuff from. Later. Yeah. Uh, also, leave, rev- leave reviews on iTunes um, about anything you want. Uh, we like getting reviews. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for being on this episode. Uh, are we both the Donatellos? Oh, geez, that's, let's not open up that. That's... Wait, are you Donatello? Is that who you relate to? He's my favorite. Raphael is my favorite, but I think I'm learning that, like, I'm in the minority. Wait, what's the minority of Raphael being the favorite? The, everyone's saying Donatello's the best. No, I think that's because we hang out with New York City improvisers. I think this is like when I was a kid, no one liked Gonzo and no one liked Donatello. You get amongst this social group, I don't know. everybody loves Donatello and Gonzo. In the book, Rosenbaum argues <clears throat> that Donatello is the best and points out that in the arcade game, you cannot, he's like, he's almost sure you cannot even defeat, like, one of the levels without using Donatello. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, everyone loved Raphael or Leonardo. They were the, and all the girls like Michelangelo. He's a party dude. Actually, that was a thing. I don't know, guys. So, yeah, thank you so much. Until uh, next time. Uh, this is Brett. This is not Matt, but... We, we love, love comics. Whoa, is that racist? Wait, what? Oh, the, the... <laughs> turtles in a half shell. Na 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 na. Oh, did you just get that? Is that? Oh.